Good morning. Morning, Shweta. How are you? I'm well as can be. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm I'm excited to uh, to start our Covenant Conversations podcast. I am too. All right. Well, so um, good morning, everyone. My name is uh, Peter Washkowitz. I am the head of uh, Reorg's U.S. Covenant product. And I am Shweta Rao, and I head the Covenant's product for Reorg in Europe. And we thought it would be a kind of a, a you know, we've been wanting to do uh, a podcast where we kind of just, you know, generally have some conversations about interesting covenants that we're seeing in structures. And we thought, why this is probably the, uh, if the, the, I can't think of a better time to do it, given um, kind of all the chaos in, in, in the debt markets these days. Absolutely. We're hoping to shed some light on the mysterious world of covenants and help um, people navigate the uncertainty that uh, has uh, come to the fore in the past few weeks. Yes. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know about uh, about you, Shweta, but I, I think, you know, about two weeks ago, um, when the, when all kind of the, uh, you know, all the news was all about coronavirus and, you know, cities started shutting down, um, you know, wholesale, you know, the economy is kind of coming to a halt. I mean, pretty much every company uh, that had uh, tradable debt is, you know, many of them have become distressed all of a sudden. Yes, quite right. Quite right. And uh, companies are also having um, liquidity concerns, um, running out of cash. And Peter, how have you seen that play out in the US in terms of liquidity? I mean, so, you know, it, uh, uh, it's every day we we you know we see you know many many more companies kind of fully drawn on their revolver or you know just kind of you know yesterday even uh, Avis put out a press release saying that um, you know they have enough liquidity to kind of withstand a severe downturn in their business um, but but really the majority of these companies uh, seem to just be drawn on their revolver and not for any you know specific purpose it's it's honestly just to keep the cash. Uh, on their balance sheet, just to kind of strengthen their position. I mean, you have you have industries where you know their revenue is literally going to go down to zero. I mean, take the you know the airlines. I mean, you know, you can't travel internationally. Uh, I I doubt anyone's even flying domestically. So a lot of these companies really are you know drawing on their revolver. Not only you know so they have enough cash, but I think it's really to to reassure uh, investors. That, that they can withstand, you know, a sustained period of uh, materially uh, reduced uh, reduced revenues. Is that kind of similar to, to what's going on in Europe? Absolutely. Uh, we have news every day of companies drawing down on their revolvers. And um, the interesting thing, the interesting quirk, I suppose, about European bond structures is that a lot of bonds in, have a super senior revolver in their credit Okay, in their capital structure. So I don't know if you see that in the US, but what that means is at the inception of the deal, when the senior secured bond goes in, then at the same time, there's a revolver component, but that comes out super senior with respect to any collateral enforcement proceeds. So we are seeing now that companies are drawing down their super senior revolvers. Codera, which is a gaming company, uh, drew down in the super senior revolver yesterday. And that, of course, gives... Um, gives um, sheds light upon sort of what happens if a company draws down on its revolver. I mean, do you see most of your revolvers having springing covenants nowadays, as as is the case in Europe? 
Yeah, I, I mean, so of course, I mean, uh, you know, pretty much all 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 bank debt these days, you know, has just a, a springing uh, maintenance covenant that's triggered if revolving usage kind of exceeds thirty to thirty five percent. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these maintenance covenants are now being triggered. Um, the 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 quirk here is that these companies are drawing on their revolver just to put the cash on the balance sheet. So, you know, as most of these agreements that have covenant light, uh, you know, spring maintenance covenants also allow, uh, you know, all cash to be netted. So, yes, they're fully drawing on their revolver, but because they're keeping the proceeds on their balance sheet, leverage is is not being impacted. You know, they have more debt, but they have uh, just as much, uh, you know, in additional cash to net from that debt. And also they might have a implication on the size of the baskets if they have total asset growers, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I was, um, you know, I was looking through a company uh, a day or two ago and, uh, you know, they have grower baskets um, that provides capacity based on uh, the greater of a fixed amount and a percentage of total assets. So, you know, just going through. Uh, you know, calculating the total asset component. And then I, I you know, I realized that total assets um, takes into account, um, you know, a company's balance sheet cash. So, you know, just uh, this is just another kind of implication of these fully drawn revolvers that I, I, I hadn't really appreciated until literally yesterday that um, these companies that are drawing on their revolver, keeping the proceeds uh, on their balance sheet are actually giving themselves more flexibility because these baskets that are based on a percent of total assets is now being correspondingly increased by the additional cash on their balance sheet. Absolutely. Yes, that's definitely an interesting implication. Um, And I was thinking that a lot of the credit facilities, debt baskets out of which the revolver is drawn in a bond are grower baskets. So that's the greater of a fixed amount and a certain percent of EBITDA. So it would make sense for companies to draw down their revolvers now while the EBITDA still hasn't plummeted. Because, you know, who knows if the EBITDA goes down, um, what the implication of that might be, especially if they have a springing covenant and that might bring them closer to meeting the leverage ratio test if their covenant springs. Yeah, well, I mean, so so let me ask you something. What I mean, I mean, I'm assuming in uh, in Europe it's the same thing. When these companies need to draw on revolvers, you know, they need to kind of bring down their uh, representations and warranties. Yes. And uh, in the U.S., that you know, it includes uh, a material adverse effect uh, rep. And you know, I I have heard that. Um, you know, lenders trying to block a company from drawing on their revolver by saying, you know, a material adverse effect has happened um, is one of, you know, it's just essentially like an impossible argument to make. But I mean, have you kind of either thought about that or been asked about it or kind of, are you even seeing any any banks pushing back on these companies wanting to draw on their revolver? We do know that this is an issue that banks are certainly considering at this moment. Um, we haven't heard of any real life example where that's actually happened, but this is an issue that banks are considering and, you know, to make the material, no material adverse effect rep at the time of the drawdown and at the time of the request. So that is something that you have in facilities agreements here also. And this is a current issue that's being heavily discussed at the moment. Um, And like you say, you know, proving whether something has a material adverse effect is, is, not straightforward. There is no a straight line test for that. And generally, traditionally, 
it's not it's it's uh, when it's seen as an event of default in facilities agreements traditionally it's seen as a last resort event of default so you know you'd only trigger that event of default if you have nothing else to trigger yeah but i, I mean i i have to say if if you're like an airline or if you're a you know one of these cruise ship companies and you you've literally st- you've turned off the revenue source you have you have no revenue right now I, I I just I would have to think that if now if the current time is not would not constitute an MAE, um, really what would and 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 based on that why even have this this kind of uh, this representation in a document if 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 today's times would not kind of amount to an MAE? Yeah, I mean these are unprecedented times, and you know perhaps we have to look at the situation with fresh eyes and not not be let's say hamstrung by previous jurisprudence but yeah absolutely i think these these are times where things that haven't been used in the past might get used yeah i i uh yeah i i guess we'll we'll have to see but i mean so you know i i think liquidity is probably the the thing that we in the u.s are focusing on most i mean you know usually we will kind of go through these structures and and look at you know their their ability to incur additional secured debt or pay dividends, but you know given uh, I, I doubt these companies are really going to be trying to raise a lot more debt. And um, given they're trying to hoard cash, I dividends are probably not a, a likelihood now either. Correct. So we're really looking at you know kind of just their ability to to draw on their revolver, increase liquidity, and just you know tread along until you know, the economy is back up and running. Are, are you kind of approaching approaching it the same way? Yeah, I think there's at this moment in time, everyone is so shell-shocked that people are just waiting for some clarity to come into the movements in the market. And also, I think companies are, at least in Europe, companies are definitely examining the implications of uh, coronavirus on their performance, on their financial performance and on their business prospects. And they're putting out statements with, you know, in that regard. So people are planning, starting to plan about how to run their businesses, what their liquidity concerns will be, um, what they might need to do in the future. And it could be it could it could be the start of some restructurings um you know generally in the restructuring world they say the earlier you go to your lenders the better it is because the more value can be preserved so this is definitely one to watch but at the moment we are in the wait and watch mode yeah no so so are we i i I think you know it's funny i think a year from now half of these companies that are unbelievably topical now will you know be back to doing fine debts trading at par uh never even never hear anything from again a lot of these particularly in america in in the u.s a lot of these oil and gas companies will probably um you know will probably won't be in existence anymore i mean that's just cause i mean you know on top of the coronavirus oil prices have plummeted yes but um i I just think this is such a, a fascinating time uh to be looking at these at these documents in just a, a completely different different approach than what i am used to absolutely um, yeah. yeah we're putting out yeah. a checklist shortly of what issues both lenders and investors need to start picking out in their documents in the next couple of days so keeping in mind the implications of coronavirus so hopefully that will help uh, people participants in the market with respect to their documentary concerns 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think uh, I, I'd love to see a copy of that movie Absolutely. myself. I, I, I could, yeah. All right. Well, Shweta, this was a, uh, this was a great first episode. I, uh, I cannot wait to start doing this more frequently. And uh, it's nice to talk to a, a human being who is not uh, my, my family for, uh, for a change. <laughs> likewise, Peter. Likewise. Well, you take care and stay safe and strong and healthy, and uh, we will, uh, we will have another covenant conversation soon. Uh, all right, take care, Shweta. You too. Bye.